All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. All right, guys, I can't believe it. I'm with this woman again. She and I were just talking about how, I think it was six years ago, I got to interview her and I wanted her on that interview because she gets down and dirty when it comes to building your wellness business and not making the mistakes that everyone makes. So Girl, give a brief, like, this is what I do because you are the messaging lady. I can't believe it was, I don't even know if it was six years ago, but that makes, that feels like we're old in the online business world. (laughs) And I will have to put that like on the blog because I'm like, I am going to get that and we can do it before. Like I tried to find it to compare and like, what was I saying then? What was I even saying then? (laughs) I don't know what I was saying six years ago. Hopefully similar things to what I'm saying now. So hello, I'm Rebecca Tracy. I work with coaches and service-based businesses. So like the solopreneurs to help them learn how to get clients. So I focus a lot on the clarity piece that comes before the marketing piece, because as we know, and people listening to this might know, we like to jump into the marketing because it's we're supposed to market, right? And there's a whole thing that you have to do before you market to actually make your marketing work. So I focus on those steps. So what would you say before we talk about like that behind the scenes of, of even the struggle in the beginning of building, you know, that wellness biz, what would you say is the biggest misconception that you see in this industry that's, that's really not having that forward momentum for that wellness coach. You and I were just talking about even before we Oh were- my gosh. There's like so many things. Yeah. So I think the, the biggest thing that stops newer coaches from getting clients right away is that most of them can't clearly even explain what they do. So I'd ask for a show of hands, but we're on a podcast. So I can't see hands, but <laughs> like, hand, right? so it's like, if you can and not even talking about just like a clear elevator pitch, because even that sometimes can still be kind of vague and kind of jargony. So it's like just really clearly being able to articulate to somebody who's in front of you what you do and how you can help them. So what coaches tend to do, and I work with a lot of life coaches and health coaches, so I'll kind of try to give examples from both, but there's a lot of like big picture, like, you know, I help you live an authentic life and feel vibrant every day and really like live your best life right? There's a lot of this kind of language and even in the health coaching world too, which is, we always call it like meme worthy. Like if you post that on Instagram, people are going to go like it and they're going to go, oh, you're so inspiring, but they're not going to pay you for it. (laughs) No one's paying for that. So this is where I see a lot of new coaches spend a ton of time, for example, on Instagram or on their website and trying to like, you know, create this inspirational content. And they're like, people seem interested. Like people love it. I'm getting so many likes, but no one's buying anything. And it's so clear why it's because they're not actually telling people what they can do for them. 
Well, and I think, you know, when I look back to those kind of motivational posts and the ones that are like, you got this girl, you can do, you know, like rise with the sun. It's that, that does inspire everyone. And it does, mm -hmm. it's what we look for, especially in, in any time in life, you know, when we're feeling like we want to transition from, oh, this is really wearing me down, whether it's my gut or it's, or it's my mindset or I'm overeating or all these different, you know, things that we do when life is out of balance, but it doesn't help our ideal client to say, wow, I'm going to actually like stop opt into either a freebie or join this person's group because it's so vague and doesn't even know how this coach can actually help them. Yeah. Or maybe they'll join the group, but they'll never pay them for anything. <laughs> yeah. So what do you, what do you suggest always? It's like step one. I mean, I, you and I were even talking niche right before this and how it's yeah. important to know who you want to serve what age they are, what are, the, what are, what's their life like? How is it affecting them to not make forward momentum? Yeah. But I want you to really give that coach like a nitty gritty on, you know, this is how I do it different. This is where you're being misled. Yeah. Because with niching, I think it's easy to get trapped into like picking an age group. And so what I see a lot is like health coaches saying, I work with women 25 to 45 to help them like feel their best. Right. And they think they've dialed in a niche because they've got women, they've got an age range and they've got a thing that they do. Right. But it, none of those things are specific enough. So I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to the age range for niches. I don't think it matters unless you're specifically working with like teen girls or retired people, right. Unless there's like a reason for there to be there, but women age 25 to 45, not doesn't, it's irrelevant. Right. So what matters more is being able to clearly articulate what you're actually doing for those people. So what's the problem that those people are waking up every day with, that they're Googling, that they're bitching to their friends about, that they can't solve, that you are gonna solve for them. Because once you've got that clear, it actually, I find that people freak out about niching. I'm sure you see this too, where it's like, I don't wanna narrow myself in, I don't wanna exclude people. But when you niche around a problem, it actually lets you work with all different kinds of people. So you can work with someone who's 25 or 45 or retired or younger doesn't really matter because they're still struggling with the same problem. So I think it gives you a lot of expansion when you niche also because it actually helps you get paid. And so for people who are struggling, yep. oh, I'm once sorry. you, once you start to get paid, all of your niching fears are going to go away because you're going to be getting to actually do the work that you want to be doing. You're going to be getting paid for it. The stress is going to like dissipate. It's when we're in this phase of trying all the things and not niche and also not making money that like everything feels like huge and scary, but niching can, I think really bring so much freedom. I mean, and, and I was like, Oh my God, excited. So I like interrupt you. I'm like, <laughs> this is the problem I have. <laughs> I get super excited because that's the part that I always say to coaches. And it was something that I had to do. It's like, stop focusing on your elevator pitch Stop trying to make it look so fabulous, even for like a bio, but get spend more time thinking if I am working with women, what are the problems that they're facing? Is it the same problem for somebody who's working, you know, a CEO position to a to a woman nine to five to a mom and mm -hmm. spend more time? At least this is what worked for me really focusing down on being so specific in that one social media post or that one talk. Yeah. 
really stepping into the shoes of that person and thinking, why does this person need me? I know why they need me. So <laughs> but they, do they know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's, I think the crux of it is like, we often, we know, right? We're the coaches. We have all this insider knowledge about people's health and wellness and what they really need. But what is that person looking for help with? Because often there's a mismatch between what we're selling and what that person actually thinks they need. And so we have to change our marketing and we have to change how we talk about what we do to line up with what that person is struggling with. Even though we can see, you know, five steps down the line for them and we're like, what you really need is self-love, right? So we, we know that we're the coaches, whatever, but they're not sitting there going, how do I love myself? Right. They're Googling real everyday problems that they're having due to use, we'll use this example, not loving themselves. So we can't market self-love. We have to market the things that they're Googling. And then once we get them in our world, we do all the, you know, all our, we'll use all our tools and do all that coaching with them, but we've got to get them in the door first and get them actually interested in working with us. So for this coach that's sitting there saying, yeah, Becca, I hear this all the time, but I don't know, how do I do this? How do I, do I write down my problems? Do I then go and make story titles? And <laughs> I'm like, ah! Yeah, because- so first of all, I just, I think that like trying to, trying to do all the marketing, trying to be on social media, write blog posts, all of that stuff when you're starting, I personally think is a bit of a waste of time until you have this clarity. Because once you have the clarity, it's like you said, Rachel, everything you do, you can make your Instagram post so specific. You can make your blog post so specific. And so if you're putting all that time into, into doing that, like creating that content, then you want to make sure that it's actually going to work. So my first thing is like, pause on all of that, pause on everything. You don't need to be posting on social right now. Take a step back. And this is where many people don't want to do it. Right. It's like, but I already, I already thought I had a niche, right? But if it's not working, then you have to do this and go and do market research. So really what that means is just going and finding five people who you think would be your ideal folks and talking to them, asking them questions, digging in, getting curious about like what's going on for them. Let's say that you are someone who coaches around self-love, asking them, do you identify with the term self-love? Is that something that you feel like you have or don't have, right? Because they might be, no, I've never thought of it that way great. So stop. So you're not going to be marketing that then, but that's how you really get those answers. So instead of guessing, people are literally telling you what language to use, what to say, what their struggles are. And then you can go and use that language in all of your posts. And instead of missing the mark, you're going to be hitting the nail on the head and people are going to be like, Oh my God, it's like you're reading my mind. And that's the difference between just liking your Instagram post and actually DMing you and going, Oh my God, I think I need you. Right. Yeah. I was just I was trying to explain exactly what you said so beautifully to somebody. I said, you know, all of our programs per se and our freebies and our blog posts, they all have to solve a problem. Of course, they have to be specific. But I said, but if you don't know who you serve and why, like what what are they actually intentionally searching for? If you're not getting people from day one the day you leave school and you are used to doing health histories with people and hearing and and practicing coaching, it's going to be very hard then to say, so this one blog post is on breathing, but how can I position this one blog post for my client who is struggling with these top five problems? And then does my client even know that they have adrenal fatigue? Or like you said, yeah. you know, mindset issues or trauma or PTSD, yeah. 
all these things that influence that person to be in the hot mess zone. Yeah. And that's one thing that coaches do a lot is they try to sell their process. So I'm going to teach you breathing. I'm going to teach you, I'm going to, you know, do life coaching on you. We're going to look at your life journey, whatever, like whatever all the little tools are that you have, no matter what kind of coach you are, we often try to sell the process. Like I love your example of breathing because most people would probably be like, well, I don't need breathing, but like I am constipated all the time. That's what I need help with. (laughs) Right. And so you have tied all these links together in your head of how breathing can help them, but they don't know that. And so we need to like bridge the gap between what we know and what they know and how our modalities are going to solve their problems. So we have to talk more about their problems than about our modalities. And would you say for that coach who's saying, okay, but Becca, I'm, I'm in the throes of it. I'm my social media is everywhere and they don't want to, it's not that they don't want to pause it, but what would you say for that person who says, you know, I have, I feel like I'm kind of there. Like I'm getting engagement, people are DMing me, but I'm attracting the wrong type of person. Yeah. So then you're not there. (laughs) That's like, right. It's just engagement doesn't mean anything. You can have accounts that have hundreds of followers and likes, and they're not making any money. Right. And so I just think it's a waste of time to be on social media when you're starting. I don't think it's the best way to get clients when you're starting. Even once you've got this clarity, sure, if you have oodles of time, you can be posting on social and creating the content and making stories. But if you have limited time, there are faster ways to get in front of the right people. So if you think it's working, but you're not getting paid, if you're getting on consults and or if you're not even getting consults, first of all, or if you're getting on consults and people aren't saying yes then it's not working. And it means that we need to get more clear about the benefits of what you offer and what that can bring to that person's life. Every wellness practitioner, or I mean, people that I'm sure hire you come and ask, you know, oh, what did you do? I always say, it's it's not what you think. You think that I built on social media, but I built by going into my community, by getting in front of other people's audiences, because I would say, here, so I specialize in helping people poop, which was yeah. my main things and fungal issues and food allergies. But every one of those specific workshops that I did were really specific in that yeah. area. And so yeah. even the yoga centers that, you know, they were like, I mean, everyone hears into meditating. I said, well, have you met me right now? Because I'm the opposite of yin and meditation. (laughs) But what I can teach you is how this, how our inability to slow down and some of our viral components feed into this. So would you say that, you know, the shorter, the, the shorter and like easier way, in your opinion, is it getting in front of different people and positioning yourself before you spend hours of time on social media? Yeah. Social media is like, it's great for market research. (laughs) It's a great optimizer. So once you are doing something that's already working, it's great to sort of get more attraction, get some social proof behind you. Like we are only just building up an Instagram and I've been in business for a decade and are nearing a million dollars. And we're like, maybe we should do some Instagram, right? So, so it's not, it's not the fastest way. The zone of like, take your time before you go and spend yeah, it. It's just not, it's just for most people, it just, it's a long game. And at the beginning you need clients coming in and you need to get paid or else you're going to burn out. 
Because if you are doing so much work and not getting paid, you're going to be like, oh, this is never going to work, right? And you're going to quit. So you need money coming in quickly so that you can see that this could be a viable thing and then you'll be motivated to keep going. Instagram's not the way. Maybe like market research posts, maybe popping into Facebook groups and like using the search function to see what people are talking about in terms of your, your, like your topic. But what you said, getting in front of other people's audiences, just getting exposure in places where your people already exist is so much faster. So I don't even want people to spend time writing a ton of blog posts when they start, yeah. right? I have clients that come and they're like, oh, I write two blog posts a week in a newsletter. And I'm like, who's reading it? And they're like, well, I have 25 people. And I'm like, Right. So going and writing a blog for someone else's site or podcasts like this, like getting in front of somebody else's audience through their podcast, fantastic way to do it. Podcasters, as you know, always need guests, right? Yeah. Pitch them something specific and interesting. And it doesn't matter if you have a massive reach, they need content. Facebook groups, going into somebody's group or getting interviewed. Like there's so many ways that you can borrow audiences and get in front of ones that already exist to get that exposure. But you need to be clear before you do that. Because if you start doing that, and getting all this exposure, but you actually don't have the clarity, then it's sort of wasted time. Yeah. I agree with you completely. And it's interesting because I've said this. I don't, I, you and I were talking about the power of repetition when you're, when you're not just teaching, but you're really trying to instill something as a habit. Mm-hmm. And I was telling somebody, get specific on what you want to be known for, the problem that you solve, and pitch it to podcasts, to group admins. I mean, everyone's always looking for somebody to come in and solve a specific problem. But I always hear, oh, well, it's not perfect yet, or I'm not ready. Or I think it's also that it's scary to take that step because you're really then going, Well, and that's why people love social media because it's like you get to do it behind the scenes and you feel like you're busy. The same with tinkering with your website, same with messing around with the logo. You don't need a logo. Anyone who's been spending agonizing time over finding a logo, please please stop. You don't need a logo. I don't, yeah, you don't need a logo. Business name, same thing. So all those things make us feel like we're doing work, right? Because we're like, I'm working on my business. I'm and you're making all these Instagram memes and you're obsessing over colors and you feel like you're growing your business, but it's actually, they're great procrastination strategies for people who are either not confident yet because they don't have the clarity, which is often something people don't realize. I admit because it's, that's the scary yeah. part. Like what step am I going to take then? Yeah. And then people who are afraid of being visible, usually because the confidence isn't there. And what I love seeing with my students, and I'm sure you see this with the folks you work with too, is like once that clarity comes, it's like, oh yeah, I could talk about this all day. And they get so stoked about going and pitching themselves because they've actually got something concrete. When it's kind of vague, right? It's like, oh, I just came out of health coaching school. Oh, well, what do you do? Well, I help people, you know, like fuel their bodies and thrive. And it's like the clarity and the specificity will make you so much more confident to go and start putting yourself out there. So it it has like this huge ripple effect on every single thing that you do in your business. I remember saying that. (laughs) I, I had, listen, I'm a health coach. I don't know if you knew that, but I went to, I went to health coaching school, nutrition school. So I'm a holistic nutritionist technically. And same thing. I did it too, right? It's so common, but this is why we're here to help fast track you through that stage and hopefully not spend too much time. I think we all, because I remember saying, uh, you know, places that I would go PTA because of my kids were, and people would be like, Oh, what do you do? And I would go into this song, like, 
I'm a holistic health coach. I know people to feel better with their gut. And so, you know, it's like, I, it just was a run on sentence. And then someone, and then you're like, oh God, do they like it? <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and then it was when I hired somebody, because I was at that time where I was like, either figure this outrage or, mm-hmm. you know, because I was at that two year, just frustration yeah. frustration and hustling way more than I should have. And maybe that's part of the process in the beginning. Hopefully somebody mm-hmm. will hear this and be like, I'm not going to do that. And I <laughs> get specific, but I needed a coach to tell me, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I'm yeah. a coach. And if I were a person sitting, whether it's a doctor's office or a, a party, and you're telling me, I, I'm like, huh? She doesn't even know what she's doing. I'm not even going to hire her or spend another minute talking to her. Would you say for the person who feels like they do know what they're talking about, but they are not clear in their messaging, what would you say? And I'm sure you tell this to your students. What is that step? I know it's get on market research, but do you think that there's a confidence part or an imposter? I think there's like, there's so much of that. I think that if you think that you're clear, but you're putting out content, you're, you know, you're sort of doing things and you're just not getting any consults. Like no one is coming to you being like, I think I need to work with you. That you're probably not clear. So it's either like, you're not clear enough or you're not getting in front of enough of the right people. Most of the time it's that you're not clear enough. You can always ask people too. I did this probably two years into my business. I sent out an email to my list. I don't know how many people were on it at the time. Can't remember. Probably not that many, but I said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm sort of reevaluating my business. And I would love for you to tell me in your own words, what you think I do. Like if you were to refer someone to me, what would you tell them I do? And I got emails back and people had no idea. (laughs) I thought I was clear. And they were like, well, I know you're all about living uncaged and like freedom, but to be honest, I don't really know how you help people do that. And I was like, well, shit, (laughs) no wonder you're not giving me any money then. You're consuming instead of converting. Yeah. When you came out of school, what was your original vision of, of helping? Oh my gosh. I was trying to smush together. So I did a training in holistic nutrition. I did a life coaching training and I was always interested in, in business. I didn't know anything about marketing, but I was interested in sort of just like creating your own, like your own path and working for yourself. And so I was trying to smush all the things together. And I remember sitting there agonizing at coffee shops, building my first website, trying to figure out how I was supposed to fit recipes into like this life coaching blog I was writing. And I didn't want to write recipes. I didn't, I was not a cooker, cooking person. Like I wasn't, (laughs) I didn't love that. They thought I had to, because I did nutrition school and people want recipes. And so I remember just, I had like three categories. I had eat, think, and B. And so then I was like, well, I'll just have a category for each one on my blog. So many people do this. If this is you, please don't do this. It doesn't work. Right. Where we're like, well, I'll talk about food over here and then the mindset piece over here. And then like the action, like adventure piece over here. I thought that was a good idea. It wasn't right. Because no one knows what you do. Are you an adventure coach? Are you a life coach? Are you helping me poop? Are you like, what are, are you giving me recipes? Like, what are you doing? And so I quickly, very quickly realized that I was struggling so much to fit it together that I was like, what if I just dropped the nutrition piece? What if I just got really honest with myself? That is the piece I don't want to do. 
I went to school for two years for it. And then I decided I didn't want to do it. And I just had to own that. And so I was like, what if you just let that go and focus on this coaching piece? And you can always bring the food back in if you feel like it. And so when I did that, it became a lot more clear. But then the, that two years later was when I pulled my audience and they still weren't clear. So it's like, there's so much work that goes into yeah. getting so freaking specific. And even when we think we're, we're clear and specific, we might not be. So pulling your audience, asking your friends, that's a great way to just get a, get a bit of a check. <laughs> and it was so scary because I, I actually, you know, had no clients in the beginning. So I started asking people that I felt were spazzy like me, <laughs> you know, go, go, go kind of girls, people that had issues that I had. And I was like, can you just listen to me for like a minute? Because I knew if they didn't understand and they even knew me, there was no way I was going to have clarity anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think when I keep hearing you talk about how many times you're polling or even asking your own audience, I don't think that we do that enough. And I think it ties back to you saying, and I know that I almost fall for like the glitter is, oh, just take this marketing, you know, academy, take this, do this. When really it's just sit down and book 15 people. And if I can't even get them in through Facebook with those kind of questions, find those people, get them on the phone, record it, know what they're saying. Yeah. And really deep dive, give a little reciprocity, maybe coach them mm -hmm. and say, yeah. hey, for my time, your time, totally. but do the harder work so that the work where we are visible actually pays off. Yeah. And it's scary. Like even when I do it now, you know, you're going to get feedback. That's like, you're going to get, it's either not good or people are, don't know what you do and you're going to take it all personally and be like, Oh, but it's, it's part of it and you have to do it. And it will, it will be the thing that will make the biggest difference in the success of your business and how quickly you start getting things working. So let's even talk about your behind the scenes in, in your business of, of growing your wellness practice. How many times did you in this process, because we talked about the beginning, the two year later, how many times did you either question yourself or say like, maybe this isn't going to work? <laughs> I mean, sometimes I still have moments where I'm like, oh, is this going to work? Is it going to work this year? Like it's been 11 years. It's my, I remember my coach was like, it's worked every year. <laughs> But even better every year for 11 years. And I'm like, but maybe this is the year it's not going to work. <laughs> She's like, mm. I'm so happy you just said that because I'll say to my husband, I'll like, okay, well, this launch just happened, but you know, if this could be the last year and he's like, honey, you've been doing this 10 years. And I'm like, I know, but it could be the last. <laughs> you never know. I mean, this year with COVID was definitely, definitely a little more stressful, but I think it happens often. And I think especially as you start to shift things in your business. So like when I dropped the nutrition piece, right, I knew that was the right way to go, but I was like, well, people still pay me. And mm -hmm. then when I stopped doing one-on-one -on -one and I started just doing this, this bigger group program that I run, that was then like, well, am I losing a whole bunch of money and people, is it going to work? And then every time you sort of level up or shift things or niche in more, you're always going to worry that it's not going to work or people aren't going to buy, or you're going to exclude people or whatever. So I think it's just really, really common and you just get more comfortable with it. And you start to gain skills so that you're not guessing. And I think that's the biggest thing about market research is you're never making decisions where you're just guessing. You always have data 
behind your decisions because people have literally told you what they want, what they don't want. You can see sort of where their interests are and then you create things for them there. So it takes some of the stress out when we have done the research. I think when people go in blind and they're just like, I'm just gonna go all in over here. They haven't actually like tested it and validated it. That is extra scary. So we don't need it to be extra scary. So do that validation. So, I mean, even in you just saying that again, because I always say like, guys, pause this, re-listen to what Becca is saying, which is don't go in blindly. There's a part of guessing where you're, you're either clear on what had happened to you, what worked, what has worked for people way before you even have clients, but always get people on the phone and actually ask them questions like, do you, the questions that of course relate, like, do you make this association of breathing as part of your self-care routine and, and looking at how you've connected it, but then testing that verbiage. Yeah. Yep. Best thing you can do. And when you, can you just define even for those coaches that of course are struggling and probably would be a perfect fit for your program. When you're talking about niching down instead of, instead of throwing out what we call the baby in the bathwater. Oh, I need a new niche. Do you think that it's more actually taking time to then polarize down, get even more clear or more specific? So you have different kinds of posts speaking to people at different pain points, as long as they, you are relating it to the people that you work with. Yeah, I think so. I see a lot of niche jumping where it's like, oh, well, I was going to go all in on like, you know, wellness for corporate women and that's not working. So now I'm going to go over here. And so we just, it, things need time. <laughs> Even a good niche takes time to start to get in front of the right people and get that traction. So I think that there's room to talk about different pain points, but it all has to be sort of under an overarching theme that is still clear to people. So like for me, right, I was like eating, thinking, being the overarching theme was too broad. It was not connected enough for in people. It was in my mind, it was connected. Cause I was like, you need to be eating well, having good thoughts and being active in order to have a great life, right? So for me, it was connected, but it's that's that's too many steps back for people. So we, it, they still need to be sort of within the same overarching theme, I would say. Once you grow, you know, you're proof of this, I'm proof of this, you can expand. You can get more broad. You can offer some different programs that are outside of your niche because you don't have the stress of doing everything and not getting paid, right? When money is coming in, things are working, then you can sort of, go out and go, you know what? I was always interested in this niche over here. I'm going to go and like do some testing over there. But to start, I think that the more honed into one, one problem area that you can be just the easier it's going to be. It's not. And I think the other thing to know is it's not forever. You're going to change your niche so many times as you go and it's going to like expand and contract and shift this way and then shift a little bit that way. And it's easy to do that. So people get, I think, so stressed out because they're like, I'm going to create all this content and then I can't change my niche. You're not locked into it ever. But starting small is always going to help you grow faster to get to the point where you can expand. With your business, where did you transform it into? So what was your overarching problem that you were solving? Back then or now? (laughs) Back then. I mean, now. Well, I mean, yeah. So then it was, so once I ditched the nutrition piece and I just gave myself permission to do the coaching piece, I was really working with people to, so it was called the uncaged life. Even back then, that was, that's been my business name since the beginning. It's kind of stuck, which has been good. I was helping people who were either in a job that they hated to figure out what they wanted to do, or I was working with other health coaches and other life coaches. Cause that was all my friends at the time 
and helping them figure out like what they wanted to do with their business. So giving them permission to, you know, many of them were like, I guess I have to go work at a health food store, but I don't want to. And I was like, no, you don't have to do that. And so coaching them sort of around the business and career piece from a coaching standpoint, not a marketing standpoint. So it was kind of this overarching theme of like uncaging yourself and being able to actually like build the life that you want sort of within this career business niche. And then that wasn't even specific enough. And so as I grew, I had to drop the, you know, helping people switch careers. I had to drop more of the life coaching aspect. I brought in more marketing components as I was learning things. So it's, it's shifted so much since, since the days of the eat, think, be. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that you shared that example because I think so often we speak in terms of, you know, this is what you should do, but without actually sharing, like, what did that transition look like? Mm -hmm. And then we fast forward to today. And if you can even just tell people who are listening, you know, what does this program look like that you were able to create out of seeing that disconnect? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, I started with one-on-one back in the day. I think that's how everybody should start. It's the quickest way to just get money in the door so much faster than trying to sell an online program or even a, a small group program. So get those one-on-one clients. <laughs> um, and I tried everything. I ran memberships. I ran retreats for a couple of years over in Belize. How would I do? I had a membership. I had one-on-ones. I had VIP days. Like I just tried every offer that you could possibly try because I was like, well, that's what so-and-so is doing. Maybe I'll try that. And so I, I'm, I'm glad that I did all that experimentation because I eventually landed on a business model with an offer that works well for me. So right now I run one program. It's called Uncage Your Business. And we run it live twice a year. So we're actually upcoming launches in March and then again in the fall. And then the rest of the time, it's a self-study program. And it's basically everything that I was doing with my one-on-one clients I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, I feel like I can serve more people and that people would benefit from doing this work in a group because I was saying the same things to people and everyone, all my one-on-one clients felt so lonely on this journey. And I was naturally just connecting them. And I was like, oh, I have this other client. You guys should like collaborate and create a mastermind together or something. And so finally I was like, I think I would serve people better by doing this work in a group where they can all work together. And then now it's grown into what it is now. So it had like many iterations over the years. And during that time, I, you know, sort of slowly ditched my other offers to get to this model that works well for me, but it's all, I'm in year 10, you know, there's a process. I think that's such an important part of just this big overall message today, which is to really figure out and to test like what works for us as business owners, what really fits the best model that we communicate in, and also to to try those out or to end or to be really honest in the beginning. Like, where do I best thrive no matter what anybody else is doing? Where do I support the most and where do I have the most wins and success so that we build that confidence? I learned long time ago. I love one-on-one groups I could do for general issues, but not for like gut and food allergies and trauma and PTSD and and a lot of those areas that I think do require a little more one-on-one attention. Yeah. And I don't love one-on-one. I love getting a group together and like just giving them what they need and seeing them work through it together. And then like sending them on their way once they've got everything they need. And personally, I like working in chunks too. I'm sort of like all or nothing and everything in my life. So I'm like, I want to, I'm like all in for a couple of months with my group. And then I like take a few months off and I don't do anything and I'm all in again. And some people would hate that too much uncertainty 
some people hate the launch cycle and the stress of launching, which I totally understand. I love it. So I think we have to figure out what works too. I could easily, I know that I could scale my business easily over the million dollar mark if I created some kind of higher level mastermind, which I could do if I wanted to. I could, there's lots of things I could teach. I have a community that is, you know, eager to learn more from me, but I don't want to have a steady commitment of calls and people to work with every month through the year. That does not fit my lifestyle. It does not fit how I work best. And so you, you kind of only learn that stuff from actually doing it and from getting really honest about what you want, how you want to be spending your time. Same with online courses. I think it's really trendy to jump in and be like, I'm going to create passive income in online courses. And what a lot of coaches don't realize that once you go down that route, you become a, your job is no longer a health coach. Your job is being a full-time marketer and yeah. you have to know how to market and sell those courses. And you're not actually doing the course, you're like you're not actually doing the health coaching anymore. You're now marketing the, the program and people don't realize that. So I think really getting to experiment with how you want to spend your time is a good thing to do. And, and I think just trying all the offers at the beginning within your niche. So getting niche, getting specific and then going, okay, maybe they want a membership. Maybe they want this and, and trying things out because you'll see what sticks and what doesn't. I think that is such an amazing ending point because Everything you just talked about was finding what works for you, being also honest about not maybe diving into the social media and exhausting the energy in that area, really getting people on the phone and doing the market research, well, which then in turn, you're not going to be overwhelmed. You're not going to be burned out. And the truth is some people don't have the bandwidth for the online market in any capacity. And yeah. you really should just go OG style of building, you know, either offline or podcasts or interviews and expand your list in ways that may not be as exhausting. Yeah. All right. Can you tell everyone just quick where they want to follow you? And of course, everything will be in the show notes. Yeah. Well, my, my website is the uncaged life. We have a great free Facebook group. That's just I created the Facebook group because I just like connecting people. And I had all these people in my world and I was like, you guys should all know each other. So that's the Facebook group. It's got like 14,000 other businesses that are at all different levels. And it's a great place to go in and like do your market research, ask your questions. It's called Uncaged Lifers. And yeah, over on Instagram, we're at the Uncaged Life. Guys, if this interview didn't blow you away, then I <laughs> step back and say, am I actually making money? And if the answer is no, then you can actually come here and listen to, I would say, just such raw honesty about what's missing in the industry, mistakes people often make. And so I just want to thank you so much for being here. Guys, make sure you follow this woman on the show notes. Of course, she's going to have instant access to an amazing freebie that I just checked out. And you should definitely be on her list. Consume, follow this woman. <laughs> that being said, we will see you guys later. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Becca. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information 
mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you, bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys soon.